Hi, welcome to another edition of the DS Walk Show. I'm your host, DS Walk. How's everybody doing today? Hope everybody had a good weekend. Hope everybody got a lot of things accomplished. Hope everybody, if you're in the Dallas area, and we enjoyed this beautiful weather we had over the weekend. If you listen from the West Coast, what's up? East Coast, what's up? Down South, yo. Let's get back in my hometown, Detroit, Michigan, back in the Midwest. What's going on? Hope everybody had a good Monday. Now, I'm just that type of guy. I just hope everybody has a good day because, you know, there's too many bad days that goes bad. Too many bad days. Y'all have. I know I have. I had a blessed weekend because I seen so many games this weekend. I watched Ohio State beat my Michigan Wolverines yesterday. Wolverines are currently on two-game losing streak. I watched a good spring training baseball game. Chicago White Sox beat the Anaheim Angels. Evan also seen a clip where Mike Trout destroyed a golf ball. Heard that? He destroyed a golf ball. And Cody Bellinger trying to do the same thing, but all he did, he just hit a golf ball, looked like a home run. That that happened. <laughs> that happened. But also seeing. Tom Brady, Julian Elliman at the Syracuse Orange game. They was talking it out. Oh, and Jimmy Fallon joined. They was talking it out. Talking. Um, Jimmy Fallon and Elliman wanted Tom Brady to come back to the Union Patriots. And Julian Elliman said, yeah, Tom's coming back. Tom looked at him. Kind of cringe like, I don't know about that. I don't think so. But a lot of us read into that, but we don't know if it's time to Now we want to find out to free agency start or if it's like a bargain agreement gets signed. So we don't know if Tom Brady's going to be late. We've seen a good NBA game. Actually, it was two good NBA games. The first one. It was the Sixers and the Clippers. And usually, when the team is down their two best players like Philly were, no Joe Embiid, no Ben Simmons, usually that spells blowout. Usually that spells they're going to lose by 30. It's the quite opposite. They did lose. Clippers won one third six. However, the 76ers were either winning or were in this game because one guy showed up and came to play. A guy that a lot of us didn't even heard of. All we knew was that he was a reserve player. He came out of the G League last year. Young guy. We knew he could score in the G League. We didn't expect he's going to put up the numbers he did last night. And I'm talking about Shaky Milton. J. 
J.P. Milton, Hanky, Shakes, Billy, Milton. He's not Will Ferrell, but uh, yeah, Milton had 39 points, 14 for 20 shooting, seven for nine. He was giving the Clippers not only a headache, but he's giving the business. Paul George, he took some. While Larry took some. Nobody could not slow this young man Nobody could stop Shaden Milton last night. Say he only well no. In no almost. He could have won this game for Philly. Not good last night. But it takes more than one guy to be a team, especially where you're down to your best players. It's a big talent gap between Milton and E. Simmons. Now, Milton did have some help. Tobias showed up. He scored 25 points last night. Al Wolford had. 12 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 block, 2 steals. So, number wise, Al Horford stepped up. Point wise, he did okay, but everywhere else, he played good deep. I mean, Alex Burke had 15 points. There was a Mike, Mike Scott sighting last night. He hit some huge three point shots in the fourth quarter just to keep the Sixers in this game. He got 11 points. I'm Greg, all that came in the fourth quarter. He balled out. So, it, if you look at the Clippers, I mean, yeah, Kawhi Leonard had 30. Paul George had 24. Harold had 24. Williams had 24. Jackson had 13. So, yeah, you know, Clipper had some guys uh, stepped up. But it's kind of surprising how they needed. <laughs> it's kind of surprising they struggled and surprised that a team that plays tough defense gave up 130 points. So, yesterday, to me, I was more impressed with Philly down to their two best players and a reserve guy who stepped up and led the team with 39 points. Game for them. I think this tells more about Philly. Well, excuse me, this tells more about the Clippers than about Philly. Because even though Philly lost, they had no business keeping this game close or being in this game the way they were. The Clippers should have won this game going away. No problem, period. No problem. But they didn't. So to me, this is more about the Clippers. Just because I don't think this team right now not playing good basketball and they should be playing their best basketball right now because you and them it's close to the back end of the season. It's March. Season over with next month. Then it's playoff time. And we talking about a team where you know starting five really hasn't played that much together. Because of low management and because of Paul George being hurt. So, 
really needed this game just so to show that you guys are one of the best teams in the NBA. You need to come out here and have a dominant performance. And, you know, a lot of basketball fans and Clipper fans, doesn't matter, you know, wins and win. I mean, our team's going to get caught off guard. And, and yes, I know that. I understand that part. But you play a team that's two of the best players. You got a reserve guy who comes in the game, makes the second to second start, goes crazy on your best player, go crazy on, on all George, going crazy on Kawhi Leonard, going crazy on Lou Williams, going crazy on every player that Doc Rivers throwing at him, he's busting him. That's a concern. That's a huge concern. Now, I'm not saying it's not time for the Forget King South. There's a lot of time left. You got 21, what are you, the 41 and 19? When they play 60 games, they got 22 games to work out their kinks. But while they're doing that, they need to go ahead and start playing their best basketball. Because you got. That other team you share arena with is on the verge of start playing some of their best basketball. And they're trying to play their best basketball in the See, that's the difference between the Clippers and Lakers. That when you got a guy like LeBron James, knows when to turn it on, he knows when to start playing his best basketball. Nine times out of ten, his team's gonna win. Where you have the Clippers, where right now they're not playing their best games. But they're not looking impressive winning their games. And for these last 22 games, I'm gonna need their starting five play together to at least convince me somewhat. This team gonna be ready in the playoffs because how much we say the Clippers are the best team in the West, but how much we say pound for pound they're the best defensive team in the West. When your starting five have no continuity, that's a problem. That is a problem. That might get to sweep past in the first round. I might get you sweet pass in the second round. But you're not going to win, beat anybody, especially the Lakers in the Western Finals, if you get that far, if you had no continuity. So I know the Clippers like to rest Kawhi Leonard. I know Paul George will need to rest with his injury. But you're going to need to see some continuity out of your starting five. And for the Clippers case, they need to clinch a playoff berth hard within these next three to four weeks and give your key guys some rest. But hopefully in these next three to four weeks, 
win or lose, I just see him play some good basketball. That's what it comes down to. And speaking of those Lakers, in their share arena with, you know, they was down in the Big Easy. Another team that was trying to get an easy victory in the Big Easy. Fortunately, they had to earn every bit of that W as well. Because the New Orleans Pelicans gave them all they had. All they had. LeBron James. <laughs> like this. LeBron James kept finding a way to assert his supremacy over the New Orleans Pelicans. Even when rookie sensation Zion Williamson with or without the help of fellow All-Star Anthony Davis, I'm talking about the uh, Lakers, Zion Williamson handled his own. He was handling the business. I'm going to get this. I'm going to face but the king, present day, best player in the NBA. LeBron James had 34 points, 13 assists, 12 rebounds, and the Lakers had to overcome. Zion Wilson, big night, and beat Northern Pelicans 122 114. To quote Lakers coach Frank Vogel, he said LeBron James. Has spectacular performance. His shot making was ridiculous from both around jump shot and at the three point line. Even when they brought double teams, they were the guys open. Tonight, he showed why everybody, why he was the best player in the NBA. Diane Wilson had 35 points. But the only negative side by his 35 points, and he had six turnovers. He had a big shot with three points to go. One point game. One ten, one oh nine. He had a three point shot to make it one thirteen, one oh nine. Hey, Sam, he gonna, if he doesn't hit that shot, the Pelicans are off and running for easy food. Keep that in mind. Xavier's called with a post step up at 13 points. Home and Pete has six block shots. And he hit a crucial layup. With a minute left in the game to make it 121. So LeBron James and the boys stepped up when they needed to. He cool some big corner shot. Make it 113 109. McGee, big time layup with a minute left. Also, he had six. So, the supporting cast with Lakers, who we all question throughout this season, up to that. Zion Wilson had a hell of a game. 
but he had those huge six turnovers. He'll learn from that. Young player, he will learn from that. I know you'll learn from that because that's how the game works. And Drake's going to demand it that he gets better. But you got to give him a lot of credit. He had a Hercules performance. Try to keep the Cowboys in the game and try to win it. Oh, yeah. And those three things. As of right now, is his career high. And I say that's right now because y'all know he's going to eclipse that at some point. Well, the Pelican, as right now, is in the playoff form. They're only seeing like two or three games behind So, it's going to be the tale of teams here coming down the stretch. You got one team, the Lakers, best team in the Western Conference, who's starting to play some of their best basketball right now, even, even in defeat on Friday or Saturday when they lost to the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, they lost by 17. Ron and AD, they played good. And prior to that, they was on a winning streak. Prior to that, and New Orleans, and in Memphis, their supporting cast started to play a little better. In basketball, even in losses, you take a lot of good things out of it. In the Laker case, one thing that we always question, not their starting five, is the supporting guy, supporting cast, is the guys off the bench. Beginning in the second half of the season, uh, the guys off the bench deserves. Just playing some good, decent basketball. Not great, but decent, but good. They've been showing up. Especially um, Caruso. He's been showing up. Bell McGee has six blocks. He's been showing up. Dwight Howard. All these guys, they're showing up. They just signed uh, Marquise Morris. He's been contributing. Contribute. Oh, the paint is playing better. It got better. Even in losses, you can take some positive of that. Now they're working towards just playing better. And if the Lakers, as a team, continue to play better, that's going to be scary. I don't see no, nobody beating them. Then you got the Pelicans, who, who's an upstart team, who is sitting by three games behind for the, that last spot in the playoff. Gotta give Alvin a lot of credit. He kept his team afloat when Zion was out. He kept in the playoff hunt. Now he's he's back. He's been balling. He's been showing everybody why he's number one pick. He's been showing everybody why he. By the year, playing less games. He might win it. Do not discredit that. Do not discount that. Do not knock on that. 
he might win MVP. He hasn't even played the 20 games. He might win. Because he's that that good. I'm taking nothing away from John Redman. John Redman been balling since the beginning of the season. I have picked him to win. I have picked him to win. Now I see Zion play, playing against these grown men, and see how he's been. How he's been pushing them around, how he's been beating them. I had to change my vote. Not like I actually have a vote. If I did, it would be Zion Williamson. The New Orleans Pelicans might make the season this year. Okay, let's just put it out there. Between Portland, Memphis, and Pelicans, not only whoever makes it is going to be under 500, and whoever makes it will end up playing the Lakers, probably end up going to get swept. But if it's on the Pelicans and they make the playoffs, Someone needs to remind me to add Alvin Gentry's name to that list of coaches of the year. If it's Memphis, their coach needs to be considered for that as well. But these two young teams be here. They were not supposed to be here. They were not supposed to be for a playoff spot. This is supposed to be rebuilding here for both teams. Look how they're playing. They're playing like they're uh, uh, over 500 team. They're playing like well, they're hungry. Where a team like Portland got off to a close start and so far having a disappointing season. Portland should be a way better team than are right now. Well, I get it without Damon Lillard, he won't stink up the joint. But when he was playing, they were stinking up the joint. That was for the AC going Just like Saturday night, now watch the Houston Rockets, Boston Celtics. Another good game that went into overtime on a crazy three point shot. Boston Jalen Brown. A team that basically created all anyone and put PJ uh I mean put PJ at uh center. Another guy who's six six, same size as Zion Williamson. Not as strong as Zion, but he's strong, he can hold his own. I'm talking about P.J. Tucker. I had to think about his last name. And because of that, they're 10 and 2. That's what they And Russell Westbrook and James Harden 
became the first backcourt duo in the NBA history to average 30 points in the month of February. Ever. And they've been efficient. And when they got down big, they just come right back. And during that run they haven't win 10 out of 12 ball games, they've been beating playoff teams. Now with Houston Rockets a little different because them to have or to be one of the best teams in the regular season. That's a given. But the simple fact that they scrapped what they were doing meant small ball. Traded Clint Capella, who was having a good season. He was averaging a double-double. I think it was 16 and 12 and two blocks a game. Got rid of him. Got rid of his backup name. Nene. And he went exclusively with small ball. And he's been blowing teams out the building. Not really blowing them out, but I should say just running them. Eric Gordon balling. Rhino Harden Westbrook been balling. P.J. Tucker doing this thing, holding it down at center. Then you got guys, uh, what's my name, Ben Backmore, I haven't heard for in two years, hitting big shots. So the Houston Rockets stand right now as the fourth seed in the Western Conference. Out here, balling. Again, we expect that from the Then expect them to fully commit to that small ball. And it kind of makes you wonder how they're going to play in the playoffs. But we, listen, we know why they did this. It's not about style of play, it's about Mike D'Antoni and Darren Morley. Doing what they got to do to get to the NBA Finals. They're going without swinging. They're going without swinging and playing their game. So if they lose, if they lose before they get to the Finals, they know they're going to get fired. That's going to be it. First round exit, second round exit, they're going to get fired. When they get to the Western Conference Finals, I'm confident they're going to get fired. They get to the finals, save their jobs. So there's nobody standing their way. They are the well, the Lakers stand their way, but when I mean the one standing their way, I'm referring to the Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors not gonna make the playoffs because they suffered injuries to Curry, Clay. They're done for the season. KDs. So there's really no excuse for the Rockets to even get to the Western Conference. 
they match up against the they match up against the Lakers, you can say because they style of play they're playing right now, they might have an edge. Or if they don't have an edge, they have a pretty good shot of being the I, Arguably one of the, the best shooter slash best player in basketball over the last five, six years. James Harden out here balling. And Russell Westbrook, former MVP, he out here balling. And by the way, same dude that been criticized day one when the trade happened. They can't get along. They won't be able to play with each other. Look at them now. Look at them now. They out here for the month of February. They both average 30 points better. Mad props to that dude. Mad props for Daryl Morley for and my day Tony for making this decision. Gotta get him loud. Nothing I want to touch on. So dear to my heart. Is that the Underwear Olympics is finally over. It's over with. A lot of prospects got checked out. A lot of news came out about Tom Brady and his decision, what he's going to do. The collective bargain agreement discussion. How they're. And welcome back to the DS Walk Show. And before I got cut off, I was talking about how the election might be a rhythm between the players about agreeing or accepting this newest CBA that been proposed to them from the owners who already approved it. Again, it's about big bank versus little bank. This is about well-being. And to the big bank, they don't like this deal. There's no benefit. And to the little bank, this is everything. This is everything because it's a pay increase. Even though they'll ultimately agree to a 17th game. They agree to change the format of the playoffs. And to little banks, they see increase in TV revenue. The money goes up. Allegedly, the money might be made out. So, when you the big bank, tell the guys who barely make money, now that's not a good deal. Nah, 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 don't sign this deal. Nah, nah, don't do it. Because it's a setup. Because it looks like you're getting everything. 
Listen to us. We're trying to protect you guys. But then they're looking at these guys like, look, uh, we don't have money like you guys. We don't have money like that. We're not set for them. We need this paycheck. We can't afford it, right? We can't afford it without the paycheck. Are you guys going to pay our bills? You going to pay our rent? You going to make that car no payment for us? You going to feed my family? That's what they're looking for. I try to understand both sides. And I'm quite sure Oh, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, Marquise Pouncey, this brother, Richard Sherman, they all make good points. I know they don't like the deal. I know they want less contact in the offseason. I know they want the 17th game because it's a health issue. It's a health problem. I know this. They know this. Every player in the locker room knows that. But not every player in the locker room doesn't make $30, $40 million, $20 million. They're not getting under $5 million guaranteed. They're not getting $6 million. They don't have that type of money where it's long enough where they can sit back and relax Right there on strike. Aaron Rodgers and guys who, who like him, who make tons of money like them, they got to understand that the owners are not looking at them. The owners know those guys will be just fine. And I found out those guys are highest paid players in the league. They're going to be fine. They talk to the they talk to those average Joe. They talk to the guys who make $5 million, $2 million, $3 million. Guys who want to get but $500,000 signing bonus. Guys who get those $2 million signing bonus. They know they need that check. They need that five years healthcare after football. They want that. Okay, because they know they got to get something. They know that they never get that lifetime health care. Nobody ain't gonna get that lifetime health care unless you're rising to death. So, the big banks and the little banks. And I know they've been meeting with their representatives this past weekend, even today. And like I said early on, or one last week, and in the last week, E. Marie Smith is confident that this will pass. I'm not as confident that it will. But I'm the type of guy where I got to see both coins. And for me, not like this. If this deal doesn't pass, I expect I don't see twins to step up to the plate, give them their words, 
their teammates this paycheck because of they might strike. I expect them to start paying some rent and some bills. I expect Aaron Rodgers and Sherman to do the same thing. A lot of these guys, your teammates, they don't make money like that. You go on strike, you might see your teammates working for You might see them work for Apple. You might see them work for AT&T. You might see them work with Bryce. You might see them at Foot Locker, Foot Action. You might see them at go back to college. You might see them doing construction, doing something. Because they don't make money like that. They're not millionaires. To a degree, they're not even thousandaires. Players on the practice squad, they're not making no money. They're not making money like that. So if the big bank turn out and beat the little bank, and down the road there's a strike, I expect those guys to help their players, to help their teammates, Uh, I see it. I'm just calling how I see it. Because that's what I was expect. In fact, I would demand that. If you go on strike, y'all got what y'all wanted. Uh, you got all my bills. Y'all need to be paid. First of the month. So I'm in the middle of the month. Look me up. Because if this don't pass, I don't see Coming back no time soon. Now on the other side of the coin, hey, I look at it like this. If the owners are giving you guys everything we want, yeah, I'll be skeptical too. I'll be really skeptical. But it seems like the owners, as far as we know, it's that 17th game. And they want that really bad. Is that right now they're giving the players. Seems like they're giving the players everything they And that's skeptical. Even for me. We talking about a league where owners never do that. Never. They will fight to the bloody end before they get the players everything they want. We talking about them getting a higher percentage of TV contracts. They're willing to cut one preseason game. And to most of the players, man, What's up? Which I really want. Got me more than a 17 game. On passing the CBA. There's both no. You really see the owners coming back real quick. I don't see it. I don't see it at all. And then if I don't see it. Eventually, everybody wants to get Now, the only good thing about this is that they don't have to come to the 
they got a lot of time to work this out. If the go yes, it's gonna be a lot of happy players. Don't have make don't make the money. They're gonna be happy. They continue to get checked. They see a bigger pie, a big cut. And they're gonna make they're gonna make enough money to feed their families for a very long time. That's gonna come at a cost for that 17 game. Whereas Aaron Rodgers of the world, Russell Wilson's of the world, Richard Sherman's of the world, they're not gonna be happy. They're gonna be pissed. And then might not see it right away but trust me stuff do get leaked so we won't see it tomorrow we won't see it Wednesday we won't find out sometime this week if we get past or not and then whether it does or not whether it's a yes or a no you won't hear players talking about Positive way or is that a way? And I think today it was so good that I actually watched the press conference. I did the Carolina State game and again we won. Where we had reporters question Coach K coaching. And like Coach K, that kind of line had to scratch my head. I really had to scratch my head. I'm like, I'm like Coach K. Coach K say this, but I'm gonna paraphrase it in my words. Um you just left the gym. You didn't see all those banners hanging up. And you gonna question my coaching, my coaching team? I don't know that reporter. I don't know the newspaper you work for or write for. I'm gonna say this: if you have to question Coach K credentials, if you got a question with his coaching. You need not to be uh, credential needed anymore. Matter of fact, they need to take your credentials. Matt, take your credentials away and give it to me. Take this credentials away and give it to me. One, I would never coach a coach game credential. That's why I'm going about four, five banners hanging on the Raptors. Camera indoor. Nothing. Are you crazy? He's one of the best college coaches ever. Scratch that. He's one of the best coaches ever. at any level. Especially the way he coaches team. Now, is this one of the most talented Duke teams he ever had? No, it's not. Is it one of the worst teams of Duke he ever had? No. They're not. 
But are they good enough to win this year? Absolutely. Are they playing good best ball right now? No. But they will be. Coach K is a rock star. The man knows how to cook. The man knows how to put his team in the right position at the right time. He's been doing this darn near almost 40 years. It was not 40, it's a little 41, 42 years, this is 70s, late 70s. One of the best coaches in the This man put, put more players in the NBA that I count on my hand. And also, he's one of the best coaches But anyone to question him. Shame on you. And like I said, this is not one best Duke team. Even though they just dropped out of the even though not too long ago they was ranked number two. Not too long ago they was ranked number one. Not too long ago they was ranked three, four, five. Right now, yeah, they're not in the top ten. I think what they got six losses. And this year alone, they set their own record for most losses to un- unranked teams. Yeah, we get that. We understand that. Says that. He gets that. But you also know his team is going to be there at the end. Close to the end. He's going to have them prepared and ready when the ACC tournament starts. And with a field of 60 games starting. You know that one. Don't ever coach. Don't ever, ever question Coach K credentials on coaching his team, his players. Period. It's stupid. Give me go off that type of rant. But it bugs me. You know, sometimes us, us in the media, I say us because I work in the media as well. Sometimes we just ask idiotic, stupid questions. Sometimes I believe that the reason why we ask these dumb, stupid questions is because sometimes we just don't know what to say or we have nothing to say, we just want to say something. Just, just, to, just to be doing it, just to piss off a coach. Doing on purpose sometimes. Other times we just don't have good questions to ask, and he don't have a good question to ask. Just shut up. On that note, thank you for listening to the show. I appreciate y'all support. I'll holler at you guys tomorrow. I'm out. Peace.